Hello, and welcome to A Course in Miracles for Regular People. I'm your host, Reverend Robin. In this podcast, we read and discuss the text of A Course in Miracles. I also have another podcast that is reading and discussing the daily workbook lessons. That one is called A Course in Miracles Daily Workbook Lessons for Regular People. I love talking with people about A Course in Miracles and the daily lessons, and I welcome interaction and feedback. There are several ways you can reach out to me if you'd like to chat. I'm on Twitter at ACIMFOR. I have a Facebook page called A Course in Miracles for Regular People. You can email me at ACIMFRP, that's A Course in Miracles for Regular People, ACIMFRP at gmail.com. Or you can simply go to anchor.fm and leave me a voice message. Actually, you can also make donations on Anchor if you'd like to support this podcast, and I really appreciate that. Now let's get started with today's episode. Welcome to episode number 57. Today we are continuing in chapter 2, The Separation and the Atonement, and we are beginning section 8, The Meaning of the Last Judgment. One of the ways in which you can correct the magic miracle confusion is to remember that you did not create yourself. You are apt to forget this when you become egocentric, and this puts you in a position where belief in magic is virtually inevitable. What the Course is calling magic is using physical means to try to correct physical problems that have at their root the idea of separation, disconnection from God, and and disconnection from each other. So continuing, your will to create was given you by your creator, who was expressing the same will in his creation. So when God was creating us, he was creating in us a will, a desire to create. Since creative ability rests in the mind, everything you create is necessarily a matter of will. It also follows that whatever you alone make is real in your own sight, though not in the mind of God. The basic distinction leads directly into the real meaning of the last judgment. Here we go, brothers and sisters. This is very exciting to me. The last judgment is one of the most threatening ideas in your thinking. This is because you do not understand it. Judgment is not an attribute of God. It actually says somewhere in the Bible, Jesus said that God entrusts all judgment to the Son. So I actually paused to look that up, and I found it in John chapter 5, verse 22. It says, Moreover, The Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son. So, there we have it. So, continuing now. Judgment is not an attribute of God. It was brought into being only after the separation, when it became one of the many learning devices to be built into the overall plan. Just as the separation occurred over millions of years, which I had never heard that before. I never thought of that before. I read it here. But just as the separation occurred over millions of years, 
the last judgment will extend over a similarly long period and perhaps an even longer one. Its length can, however, be shortened by miracles. The, di the device for shortening but not abolishing time. That's what miracles are. If a sufficient number of people become truly miracle-minded, this shortening process can be virtually immeasurable. That great. It is essential, however, that you free yourself from fear quickly because you must emerge from the conflict if you are to bring peace to other minds. Oh, that's what I want to do. Oh, God, that's what I want to do. <clears throat> bring peace to my mind and to other minds. Continuing. The Last Judgment is generally thought of as a procedure undertaken by God. Actually, it will be undertaken by my brothers with my help. This is where it gets good. It is a final healing rather than a meeting out of punishment, however much you may think that that punishment is deserved. Punishment is a concept totally opposed to right-mindedness. And the aim of the last judgment is to restore right-mindedness to you. The last judgment might be called a process of right evaluation. It simply means that everyone will finally come to understand what is worthy and what is not. After this, the ability to choose can be directed rationally. We are so caught up in our emotions here in the physical realm. And we don't make decisions rationally. We make them based on emotion. Advertisers know this. Pay attention to commercials and notice how they often find your pain point and offer you a solution. And they hope that based on your feeling of hope, you will choose their product. This, so this is saying that everyone will come to understand what is worthy and what is not. When we don't understand what is worthy and what is not worthy, then we are choosing emotionally. We choose by what feels better. Feeling better might be revenge. Feeling better might be um, justified anger. Somebody does something to you and you feel angry and you want to get back at them for whatever reason. But after we understand what is worthy and what is not, the ability to choose can, become, can be directed rationally. So until this distinction is made, however, the vacillations between free and imprisoned will cannot but continue. Sometimes we feel like we're free. Sometimes we feel like we're not. The truth is, we are always free. Continuing. The, step, the first step toward freedom involves a sorting out of the false from the true. This is a process of separation in the constructive sense and reflects that the true meaning 
and reflects the true meaning of the apocalypse. Everyone will ultimately look upon his own creations and choose to preserve only what is good. Just as God himself looked upon what he had created and knew that it was good. The apocalypse is not, according to this, going to be a war that destroys the world. I'll have to compare this with what Jesus was talking about when he was telling his disciples that much trouble would come before the end and what's portrayed in the book of Revelation. So I, I'm going to look into that, but that's not for today. So everyone will ultimately look upon his own creations and choose to preserve only what is good. Just as God himself looked upon what he had created and knew that it was good. At this point, the mind can begin to look with love on its own creations because of their worthiness. We can look at our creations and say, this is good. At the same time, the mind will inevitably disown its miscreations, which, without belief, will simply no longer exist. The term last judgment is frightening, not only because it has been projected onto God, but also because of the association of the word last, or final, with death. This is an outstanding example of upside-down perception. If the meaning of the last judgment is objectively examined, it is quite apparent that it is really the doorway to life. No one who lives in fear is really alive. Your own last judgment cannot be directed toward yourself because you are not your own creation. You can, however, apply it meaningfully and at any time to everything that you have made and retain in your memory only what is creative and good. This is what your right-mindedness cannot but dictate. Your right-mindedness can only cause this, that you recognize that your creations are good and simply forget your miscreations. The purpose of time, continuing here, the purpose of time is solely to give you time to achieve this judgment. It is your own perfect judgment of your own perfect creations. When everything you retain is lovable, there is no reason for fear to remain with you. This is your part in the atonement. Wow, this section is so powerful. I love it when I find something that aligns with scripture and then at the same time shows that the fearful part of it has been a misinterpretation. My main takeaways today are, number one, that the last judgment has been misinterpreted. It is not a doorway to death, but to life. Number two, we are not being judged by God with the possibility of being cast into eternal fire. We are judging our own creations as worthy. 
true creations are always worthy, perfect, and good. And three, when we recognize the difference between our creations and our miscreations, the miscreations will simply disappear. Today, I wish you a day of perfect and holy judgment. Many blessings. Namaste. Thank you.